0: Hello, this is Terry Ketchersid. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Robert Kenny. Uh, today we're going to continue our conversation around CMS's new quality payment program. Specifically today we're going to talk about parts of the merit-based incentive payment system affectionately known as MIPS. Our first topic for today is going to be a new component within MIPS, although it's not really new. We're going to talk a little bit about Advancing Care Information. Robert, could I turn this over to you?
1: Sure, Terry. I really would like to know a little bit more about it. So in a nutshell, what is Advancing Care Information?
0: Yeah, we, we hear that question a lot today, don't we? Advancing Care Information is the new name for meaningful use. Uh, rumor has it that Meaningful Use became such a toxic phrase back in the day that when the Quality Payment Program was put together, they decided to rename it. So no more Meaningful Use, today it's called Advancing Care Information. As you'll see in a moment as we get down into the details, many of the objectives are the same, but in fact, it looks like Advancing Care Information is actually gonna be easier for providers to participate in than Meaningful Use was.
1: Well, that's good to hear. Well, how does advancing care information, as it stands today, differ from the old requirements for meaningful use?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the pain points of meaningful use was the fact that it was an all-or-none program. So remember, there were a number of objectives in the meaningful use programs, and many of those had thresholds, percentages above which you needed to exceed otherwise you didn't receive credit for that particular objective. Well the way Meaningful Use worked, you could have knocked it out of the park for all of the objectives but one and if you just missed one, uh, no credit for Meaningful Use. In the early days, you'd receive no, no financial bonus and then in the later years, you'd receive the maximum penalty. One of the most important changes in Advancing Care Information is the entire program is no longer mandatory. There is one component that is mandatory and that's what's called the base score within the Advancing Care Information program. I probably should back up a little bit, Robert, and let's spend a little bit of time talking about some of the confusing points around Advancing Care Information. Recall, The Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, the MIPS, awards up to 100 points to each provider or to each practice. And Advancing Care Information accounts for 25 of those 100 points, 100 MIPS composite score points. Part of the complexity with Advancing Care Information is the way the scores are achieved, number one. And number two, there's also interestingly enough, the opportunity to pursue advancing care information with either a 2014 edition certified EHR or a 2015 edition certified EHR. So if you don't know which of those you're using, ask, ask your practice manager or ask your EHR vendor. The actual advancing care information objectives vary slightly depending on which which of those two versions you're using. The majority of the nephrologists practicing are are likely using a 2014 edition certified EHR. So in in this scoring example, let's, let's use that one. So I mentioned there are three ways to get advancing care information points in the MIPS program. First, there's a base score, which is mandatory. 50 points are awarded for successful completion of the objectives in the base scoring section. And these are familiar meaningful use objectives. Uh, Performing a security risk analysis, something we've all supposedly been doing for over a decade thanks to the HIPAA security rule. E-prescribing is the second one. Providing patients with access to their data, typically through a patient portal. And last but not least, sending a summary of care electronically. Those are the four base objectives, and if we don't report those, we receive zero ACI points, so it's very important to keep that in mind.
1: Now, so those parts are mandatory. Are there any other parts of Advancing Care Information that would be mandatory, or did you cover them pretty much?
0: Those are the only mandatory ones, but once you've achieved uh, the base score, remember there's 100 possible ACI points. If we receive 100 ACI points, we receive the entire 25 points for MIPS that come from ACI. So we'll receive 50 points by doing those four objectives we just discussed. And then we'll receive up to 90 points from what are called performance objectives. And these are things we're also familiar with, providing patient-specific education reconciling medications, sending the immunizations to an immunization registry. Each of those objectives inside the performance arm of Advancing Care Information are scored individually, and again, if we if we knock each of those out of the park, we get another 90 points, or we get some subset of those 90 points. Last but not least, there's a bonus section we can receive up to 15 points by doing things above and beyond the base score and the performance score. So, for example, if we send immunization data electronically from our EHR to a public health agency, or if we send uh, data to a QCDR like the one the RPA operates, we can receive five bonus points in ACI. If we... Uh, submit an improvement activity, certain improvement activities, not all of them, but if we submit that utilizing our electronic health record, that's worth another 10 bonus points. So part of the confusion is, if you add all those up, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 155 possible ACI points. The max we can receive is 100 what percentage of 100 we receive dictates how many of those 25 MITS points we collect. Clear as mud, right?
1: Good to know, good to know. Well lastly, uh, tell me about ACI and this business of picking your pace, pick your pace, as CMS calls it.
0: Oh yeah, that's a fantastic question. So this is a brand new program and it's one that many have characterized as a generational change in the way physicians are paid. So if you think about it, my MIPS score is actually dictating what my fee schedule will look like in 2019. So my MIPS performance this year determines what percentage of the fee schedule I receive in 2019, next year, If I participate in MIPS again in 2018, that dictates my fee schedule in 2020, and so on. So recognizing what a major transition this is for physicians, CMS has considered 2017 to be a transition year. And you'll hear the phrase you mentioned, pick your pace. At a high level, there are four options in pick your pace. The first one is not a very good option you could stick your head in the sand and just ignore the MIPS program. And if you do that, CMS will happily give you a 4% haircut in 2019. You'll receive the maximum penalty on your Physician fee Schedule in 2019. Not a good choice to make. The second option is what some have referred to as the easy button. If you simply report a little bit of data to CMS this year, they'll take you off the penalty list. You won't receive a bonus, but you won't receive the 4% haircut in 2019. So what do they mean by a little bit of data? Well, first, you could pick one quality measure and submit data related to that quality measure for a single patient. Or you could pick one improvement activity, attest to the fact that you've successfully deployed that improvement activity, or with respect to ACI, if you look at those four base objectives and report all four of those, that also qualifies as a minimum amount of data. So perform your security risk analysis, send an electronic prescription for one patient, make sure at least one patient has access to their electronic health information, and send a summary of care electronically for one patient. So that's option two. Option three is referred to as partial participation. If you want to take a risk-free practice run at MIPS this year, this is an excellent option. Basically, for a 90-day period, you report some quality metrics, you report on improvement activities. Then you report as much of advancing care information as you can, specifically including those base score objectives. The result of this in 2019 is certainly no penalty, and there's a very good chance you'll see a modest increase in your 2019 physician fee schedule. And then last but not least, the fourth option in Pick Your Pace is what's referred to as full participation. So that's jumping in with both feet the entire year, reporting the whole program. Again, you will receive no penalty in 2019 for full participation. And in fact, you'll be among the providers who potentially could see the maximum bonus in 2019.
1: Wow, it's it's just a lot to take in, so this transition year is gonna really end up being a big learning year. Well, I I really appreciate that, that information. And so uh, right now our conversation will uh, turn to MIPS and support for small and rural practices. Thank you for listening to the RPA podcast. This is only one of the topics addressed in greater detail in RPA's Renal Physician's Guide to Nephrology Practice. For more information on this and other topics that will help you with efficiently managing your nephrology practice, Download a copy of the RPA Guide from the RPA Store at www.renalmd.org. Contact the RPA office at 301-468-3515 with any questions.